to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks very much for joining us. It's Kamala. After months of speculation and posturing, presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden has made his choice for running mate. And it's California Senator Kamala Harris, a former prosecutor and attorney general in the state that she now represents in the Senate, California. She is the first woman of color, the first Asian-American woman, and the first mixed-race woman to be on a major party presidential ticket. We're going to spend the hour today talking about the significance of this choice and what it might mean going into the fall campaign and, of course, the November election. A little later in the hour, we are going to talk with Matt Grossman, who is the director of the Institute for Public Policy and Social Research at Michigan State University about what vice presidential nominations, what vice presidential picks bring to presidential tickets. And uh, even later in the program, we're going to talk with Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, Democrat, who represents Michigan's 12th district here in southeast Michigan about it. But first, I'd like to welcome Washington Post national reporter Vanessa Williams to Detroit today to discuss this pick. Vanessa, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Okay, so big question this morning is, what do we know about why Biden chose Harris rather than the many other women who had been in contention to be his running mate? Well, I think... um among the vice former vice president and his team, they just thought that she brought the well-rounded package. She is a senator. She run her own campaign uh, for president and uh, for the nomination. And even though she dropped out early, she, um, you know, she's been out there. She's been vetted um, in a sense in the public sphere. Um, so, you know, it's not like she was an unknown and, and they were, uh, we're concerned about surprises popping up, if you will. Uh, and uh, a lot of people like the fact that she um, has this reputation as this tough um, questioner. You know, uh, we saw her often in uh, hearings on, on the Hill, you know, sort of grilling uh, appointees who were, were trying to get confirmed. And so people like that, that toughness, and they think that she'll do a good job of uh, prosecuting the case, if you will, against of the Trump administration. And uh, and I also think it's not lost on a lot of people that she is a woman of color. And in the last several weeks, at least, there was a sustained push by uh, a, a group of black women activists uh, that uh, encouraging the, the former vice president and presumptive nominee to pick a woman of color, particularly in this, given the period that we're in right now with the uh, with the focus on racial justice and and uh, inequality and um, and addressing um, all of all of those issues. Yeah, uh, Harris is a former prosecutor, a former attorney general. Already on my social media feeds, I'm seeing a lot of African Americans and presumably African American voters talking about their their apprehension. I guess about her record as uh, as a prosecutor and the idea that it might not sort of comport with the things that uh, that we're talking about as a nation right now in terms of, of criminal justice. Why was that not a bigger liability, I guess, uh, in in the in the choice here? Well, you know, 
that that issue um, has has followed her uh, throughout her career. Uh, even in her Senate race in 2016, uh, there was some talk about that, uh, and people raised concerns about that even during her um, her bid for the nomination last year. But again, I think that um, the calculation was made that, uh, like I said uh, earlier, that she had she was a well-rounded package, and she brought other. Uh, strength to the ticket. Also, I think considering uh, where we are now with also what's going on with uh, with the pandemic and just the sense that um, that people are uh, hungry for change and uh, and 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 that it wouldn't necessarily hurt this time because they're, you know, the other side. I mean, the, the president is struggling in the polls and and also seems to be struggling to find his footing and so I think, given that people thought that um, that it wouldn't it wouldn't be a a big hindrance, and yes, some people are going to complain about that. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, uh, if people people who are motivated to to see a change uh, in the White House aren't going to let that stop them, uh, I'm talking from with supporting v- that ticket. Yeah, I'm talking with Vanessa Williams, national reporter for the Washington Post, about the big news of the day that. Presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden has chosen California Senator Kamala Harris to be his running mate. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Let us know how you're feeling about Joe Biden's choice of Kamala Harris to be uh, the next vice president if he should win the election in November. Uh, If you're a Biden supporter, does this make you more or less excited to vote for that ticket? And if you're on the fence about Biden, does this help or hurt the chances that you'll support him in November? We also want to hear from you if you are a supporter of the president, Donald Trump. Do you think this helps or hurts his chances in November? Also call and tell us whether you would have liked Biden to choose Governor Gretchen Whitmer, our own governor here in the state of Michigan, who was among the choices that he was Considering As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we will work you into the conversation. Erica on Twitter says, he got it exactly right. She is brilliant, warm, and tough all at the same time. She's got the experience needed and is well-respected. I'm more excited than ever to vote for this ticket. Uh, Emma's mom on Twitter says, as a Canadian, this gives me hope. Bravo. Uh, And another listener on Twitter says, of the other women available to him, is Harris the only one who's not supporting Medicare uh, for all? I'll be happy for Kamala if Joe... Let's slip another racist trope, and the press comes to to Kamala Harris to explain, and she says, nope, see Joe about that. Uh, uh, Vanessa, before we get to listeners on the phones, <clears throat> I want to ask you about Medicare for All and other really progressive issues. Uh, Kamala Harris is more of a centrist than some of the other candidates that uh, Joe Biden was thinking about. Is that about trying to attract more uh perhaps centrist votes or even Republican votes to, to try to siphon them away from the president? 
Well, I don't know if it's about trying to attract more, but I think it certainly is about not uh, scaring uh, those voters off, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I do think a lot of of, of focus um, in this in this race is on uh, the incumbent. So, in many ways, um, you know, it, it gives um, um, the Democrats some breathing room on some of these issues. Uh, no, everybody's not happy uh, that you have this team of, uh, you know, th- this team that's not like super progressive or even very progressive in a lot of voters' minds. But again, uh, I think when you stack it up against um, um, what we have now, for a lot of people, they're going to be, um, I think the calculation is that a lot of people will say, look, it's not perfect, but it's better than what we have now, if mm. if that's where you're leaning. So <laughs> I do think they made the calculation that given where we are, you know, it's like, you know, kind of, what, what are you going to do? Right, right. I right. mean, I'm just being honest. I do think that is playing into well, it. There's a lot it's of... really, it's really about, uh, you know, the incumbent and, and how people feel about the direction of the country right sure, now. Sure, sure. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Let's go to Liam in Hazel Park. Liam, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure, go ahead. So my perspective on Kamala Harris is that um, we need people, or we need a vice presidential candidate who is going to pull people's attention away from Donald Trump. If mm-hmm. you are on the fence mm-hmm. about his perspective and his, you know, his entire campaign, and I just don't feel that this candidate is that person. I, I why think why we, not, Liam? Because it's just so antiquated. It's such it's a decision based upon what the weather is right now. And it's not based upon, you know, getting people away from voting for Donald Trump. I mean, I think that if you are a liberal in this country, you're going to vote for Biden. You're going to vote for somebody that's not Donald Trump, first and foremost. But Kamala Harris is is a decision that just seems kind of knee-jerk to me. Mm. Mm. Uh, Liam, I appreciate the call and the comments. I can't say I uh, agree with that, um, but but Vanessa Williams react to what to what he's saying there, that this is not the kind of pick that would excite people who are just not sure what they're going to do in November. Um, well, I think a lot of people... Um, I don't. Th- first of all, there's always an argument about how big a group that is. You know that's that's not sure what they're going to do, and and there's also been a lot of talk about how um, the Democratic Party has sort of chased that, you know, um, that group that we're not how sure how big it is, and we're not sure what it takes to get them away from Donald Trump. And I think this time, um, perhaps uh, the party listened to those voices that said, you know what, instead of like trying to. Uh, to, to bring those people in, why not do something that could uh, animate um, the base of voters that uh, include uh, and, and is sort of anchored by black women, mm-hmm. uh, black voters, and particularly black women. There is a lot of excitement among black women, even some black women who didn't initially support uh, Senator Harris when she was running uh, for uh, the nomination herself. But this historic choice has, you know, sort of uh, struck a chord with a lot of women and uh, a lot of women's black women's groups, you know, churches and sororities and clubs, and people are going to be motivated 
to sort of get out and help make history. Hmm. Uh, so I do think, you know, uh, you know, voters who say, I'm not sure. And, and, and I should also point out that for a lot of people, folks who say, if you're not sure about Trump, well, you know, then you probably, you know, what else can be said? You know, you have to look at his record and, and, uh, and some people think that, you know, there's nothing to be <laughs> sort of ambivalent about. Right. So again, I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, um, voices in the party said, look, you know, just stop trying to chase that small group of swing voters and let's, you know, sort of get ourselves together and, and go for it. Um, and I do think that that kind of figured into, uh, into the calculation of picking her. And again, nobody's going to, um, you know, with, with anybody, uh, a hundred percent, but I do think they kind of felt like, you know, when you add up all of the, of the pluses, you know, that, that it could work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, thanks very much for the call. And the comments. Let's go to Mary in Gross Point. Mary, mm-hmm. what's on your mind? I was so disappointed last night. <laughs> oh no! Okay, I was tell me so why. Disappointed because I was rooting for my governor. I wanted so <laughs> desperately for him to choose my governor. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You wanted uh, Gretchen Whitmer to be the the vice presidential candidate. Yeah, uh, she's a tough you. lady. Very tenacious. She's handled this uh, COVID thing. So very well, she would have been outstanding. And by the way, I happen to be a black woman, and I am so sick and tired of the black woman, black woman, black woman reference. I think it's a terrible turnoff huh. okay. for the population. It really is. All right, uh, Mary, I, uh, I appreciate the call and the and the comments. Not, again, not sure I agree with what you're saying there, but <laughs> but I but I do appreciate it. and and the idea that Whitmer might be the selection I, I think was in a lot of people's minds and she did go talk to Joe Biden over the weekend we know in in um, in Delaware and this idea of that it should be or that it needed to be a woman of color I think is is one of the things that uh, that just made Whitmer not not the choice and and uh, Mary I, I and I hear you when you say that uh, you're tired of that but I think there is a lot of there's a lot of power right now in the idea that it's time for people of color and women of color in particular to, to get their seat at the table um, Vanessa Williams react to what what Mary saying there uh, again uh, there are you know, there, are, there. She does represent, I think, probably a small slice, but there are people who who make that argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also say that, you know, for some activists in in the uh, in the party, the idea of a Whitmer was like sort of what would she bring or what would she add? Because uh, if you're talking about um, that sort of white working class or you know, sort of Midwestern, it doesn't have to be white working class, just Midwestern voter. Uh, that, you know, Biden supposedly had checked that box. Mm. You know, he was attractive to that, uh, that, that part of the, of, the, of the coalition or the Democratic Party, if you will. So why double down on that? Uh, why not try to pick somebody who might bring in other, uh, other, other parts of the coalition? So it wasn't, uh, you know, just a geographical thing that, you know, that, that uh, as you just said, that for a lot of people, you know, identity and, and acknowledging and, uh, and trying to address, uh, you know, sort of centuries of, of inequality and uh, social, in, you know, injustice was important mm-hmm. uh, this year. And again, so I think, you know, it was uh, that that went into um, 
into the calculation. Yeah. And also, you know, sort of if you sort of stack up their resumes, I mean, they both you know, have one statewide. They've been statewide officials. You know, Harris is a uh, is a senator. Uh, I, I think that, you know, uh, uh, experience wise, wasn't like, you know, uh, Harris uh, resume was, you know, less than uh, oh. what Whitmer's were. Yeah. So Whitmer's is uh, and no diss uh, on Whitmer. I just think it's a matter of, like I say, putting together. Um, you know, the coalition that the party thinks uh, or that the Biden campaign thinks would, would be um, would be helpful in, in, in a, you know, sort of touching all those different spaces and getting everybody together. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, Harris has held two statewide offices exactly. in, in, right, you're right. in California, no less. I mean, that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's a pretty impressive resume. And, mm-hmm. and again, that's yeah. not a knock on our governor. It's just a, a distinction. Um, again, right. Mary, thanks for the call and the comments. Let's go to Elle in Farmington. L, welcome. Good to the morning. Show. Mm-hmm. I felt extremely proud um, at the nomination as as a woman of color and as a professional woman of color. Mm. I think that there is a strength that has to be brought to the table when you are in that arena. There, there's a a a polish that you have to bring, and the, this notion. This notion that because she has been a prosecutor, by very definition of her role, she had to prosecute. By very definition of her role, there were obviously going to be some decisions that she made that were not going to be favorable. That doesn't mean that she is she is morally or character characterly flawed. Mm. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that. And, and I think this notion that pe- people of color will not vote for her because she has made some decisions that... It, admittedly, I don't think we're the right call. Hmm. Uh, People of color, it, it's not that we don't want law and order. We just want it to be just. Right. Uh, Al, a great comment and insight there. I appreciate the call. Uh, Vanessa Williams, how much will these questions about uh, Harris's role as a prosecutor dog the ticket going into the fall? It seems to me that that there are other issues that I think will be a bigger deal, but but it, this is something that, from the left at least, I think uh, we we will hear a fair amount about. Uh, no doubt, um, I I think you're right. Some pe- it will be an issue, um, as you know, with any ticket. You know, there there are people in in the party. There, I mean, on the other side, there were people uh, in 2016 who had issues with uh, Donald Trump, and sure. yet he prevailed. Uh, so. You know, I just think, you know, that that um, I can't say how much it's going to uh, affect her. But I also think, again, that a lot of this, that a, a big part of this election is about the incumbent and what's happening in the country right now and what people think is going to happen uh, if we continue on the path we are with this yeah. administration. So, uh, yes, yeah, some people will be um, um, uh, unhappy. But again, uh the polls indicate and conversations with voters indicate uh, that if you're inclined to change, then you, you're willing to accept that, you know, this the, the, the ticket is not perfect. But, you know, for people who want change, it's better than what they have now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Mike in Chesterfield. <laughs> Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing today, Stephen? Good. How are you? Are you there, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Um, go so ahead. I think that I think that the Democrats made a horrendous pick with with Harris. Hmm. If, 
Mike, I think there's a problem with your phone. If you could call us back, Mike, I would love to get you back on. Mike is one of our regular listeners, and I know that he was supporting Tulsi Gabbard in the Democratic primary, so I'm pretty interested to hear what his take is on Kamala Harris. But, Mike, give us a call. Give us a call back, and we'll get you back on the air. Let's go to Walter in Gross Point. Walter, welcome to the show. Hello. Hey, Walter. I think it's a great selection, and I'm disappointed that a lot of folks seem to think, um, uh, well, first, this whole issue of being a prosecutor. Um, there was a great article, I think, in The Atlantic about a week ago, week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Kamala Harris would never become a U.S. senator. Um, and considered for vice president if she had not become first district attorney in San Francisco and then attorney general of California. Because people today, people have like seem to have amnesia. Black political candidates, any political scientist will tell you that from the 1960s up until the 2000s, black political candidates running in majority white electorates were often the most criticized for the fact that they were perceived to be soft on crime. Hmm. And that's a great weakness that prevented them from achieving anything to become close to being considered for president. It has only been probably since, and justifiably I can understand it, with the number of um, attention placed upon um, extrajudicial police killings and vigilante killings and the problems of mass incarceration. But um, Kamala Harris um, not only showed, I think, great savvy in her career choices, um, but um, while you can debate particular things she may have done as DA or as attorney general, most people would, who look at her would say she was at least a fair and reasonable prosecutor, maybe cautious. Mm. But again, what politician... Um, is not cautious who wants to ride. <laughs> right, right. And so it's a totally unfair criticism. Um, the zeitgeist of the nation maybe has changed, although um, I don't think where I live, <laughs> where a lot of voters who are going to be key live, regardless of race. I'm an African-American male. Mm-hmm. I was an attorney. I was, in fact, a prosecutor, but I put mostly white men in jail for mm. white-collar crime. Mm. Um they will, they will appreciate her skill as a prosecutor who is a tough questioner, who I would hope demolish Mike Pence. Yeah, in the <laughs> yeah I, I think and that will be a so really interesting match. People need to wake up to political realities. Yeah, Walter. It's not a dream ticket. I mean, like a dream, you know, like you can get your candidate. Maybe 20 years mm-hmm. from now, right. a candidate that the left would really like will be on the ticket. But yeah, Walter, I I really appreciate the call and the and the, the the pretty complex take on on all of this. There is this fine line, Vanessa Williams, uh, mm-hmm. you know, between being able to to get elected by uh, by doing things that that will appeal to a broad swath of of voters, uh, but then also you know showing your bona fides with uh, with your base. And 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 Kamala Harris is somebody who who seems to have walked that line 
pretty well up uh, up to this point, and that's probably one of the reasons that she's uh, that she's Joe Biden's choice. Um, that that's that's a great analysis. Uh, you know, she she says that the reason she went into uh, that she became a prosecutor was because she wanted to change the system from within. And I think that's true for a lot of, uh, of political people, particularly people of color and women, but also, you know, for, um, you know, uh, white uh, political figures that they you know, go in and change the system. And it's often um, not as uh, easy. Well, it's not easy at all, but often, you know, they, they struggle and, and people are, you know, certain segments of the, you know, their support group are, are disappointed. But uh, I think you're right. You know, all in all, you know, she walked the line pretty well. I don't think there was anything like really egregious. Uh, uh, in fact, you know, it's interesting that there's a lot of focus on her, but, you know, some people are also uh, weren't pleased with Biden's record on the, uh, on supporting and, and, and championing the, tr- the crime bills mm-hmm. back in back in the 90s. And some people uh, interviewed somebody very recently who is disappointed that he hasn't really spoken to that. He hasn't apologized. He hasn't said, you know, I was wrong in the way that uh, Hillary Clinton did in 2016. So again, there are, there are going to be people who are not uh, happy uh, 100%, as the caller just said. But I have to go back to the fact that I do think that a lot of this election turns on how what people feel like the country is now where it's going and and if you're inclined to change that you know i think you're willing to overlook some of these things if you're happy well you know you probably won't (laughs) that's that's democracy right that's how that's how we do it (laughs) that's right (laughs) okay vanessa williams national reporter for the washington post was really great to have you here on detroit today thanks very much for joining us oh thanks for having me have a good day you too All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue to discuss the news about Biden's pick for VP, Kamala Harris. Matt Grossman, director of the Institute for Public Policy and Social Research at Michigan State University, will join us. We also want to continue to hear from you. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Right today on 101.9 WDET, I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you have joined us. We're talking about Joe Biden's pick of Kamala Harris to be his running mate for the Democratic Party in November in the presidential election. We want to hear from you. Uh, what do you think of this pick? What do you think of the fact that it was Kamala Harris from California and not Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of the state of Michigan, who was another one of the candidates that Joe Biden was thinking about. Also, if you have somebody else who you think might have done more for the Democratic ticket, somebody who might have done more to appeal to Trump voters, for instance, uh, give us a call and let us know who that is and why you think Joe Biden didn't pick them. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we'll try to work your comments into the conversation. And joining us now to talk a little more about the impact 
that running mate choices have on presidential campaigns is Matt Grossman, who is the director of the Institute for Public Policy and Social Research and an associate professor of political science at Michigan State University. Matt, welcome to Detroit Today. Good to be with you. Yeah. So historically speaking, how important is this choice? What kind of influence does this choice have on presidential campaigns? Well, when it comes to uh, impacts on voting, um, they aren't historically very strong. Um, There's not much evidence that uh, they swing states or regions or social groups uh, affiliated with the candidate. Uh, They can change uh, voters' impressions of the nominee. Uh, So, for example, uh, selecting Sarah Palin made uh, voters more concerned about John McCain's age. So it's possible that uh, Harris's uh, selection will make voters less concerned uh, about uh, Biden's uh, age. And they can also uh, move uh, the voters' perceptions of the the presidential candidate's ideology. Uh, So uh, Biden right now is considered pretty moderate. Uh, Harris is considered a little bit more uh, to the left, more similar to the Democratic average Democratic voter. Um, and in the past, that has made uh, some difference. So, for example, uh, the selection uh, of uh, the, uh, Mitt Romney's uh, selection uh, made voters uh, think that he was more conservative as a result of that selection. So we'll be looking to see if impressions of Biden change. Mm. So this year seems in many ways very different from other years, not not least of which because of the person who is the president of the United States, and also because of the context in which this election takes place, so many things happening. Does that change the calculus that Joe Biden might have used to select Kamala Harris, or does it change the role that the VP candidate might end up playing in the fall campaign? Well, I think uh, Biden being ahead uh, in the polls uh, means that uh, he was less likely to uh, sort of do a Hail Mary uh, like the the Palin uh, pick. And he went uh, with the favorite uh, vice presidential nominee from the beginning. Um, In terms of the role uh, that Harris will play, I don't think it it changes much. Uh, Usually the role of the vice presidential nominee is to attack the the presidential candidate of the other party, Harris has been uh, good at that, uh, and to reinforce the messages of the of the nominee. Um, and I think uh, Harris will continue to do that as well. Mm. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Let's go to Charlene in South Lyon. Charlene, what's on your mind? Hi, Stephen. I love the show. Thank you. Thanks for um, letting me talk. Um, I'm okay with Kamala. I really was voting for Gal Demings because of her police experience at a time when I think this is going to be an issue uh, that needs to finally be addressed and taken care of. But um, I will live with Kamala. Um, This is a time, I think, where the perfect is the enemy of the good. And I'm saying that to point to your last white caller, white male caller, um, who is just hemming and hawing and couldn't really say why he didn't like Kamala. And I just got to say, white guys never disappoint us, do they? <laughs> just, they just don't. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you one concern, and I really hope your caller, Mike, who point, who supported Tulsi Gabbard, I hope he gets back on the line, because my one concern about Kamala debating Pence, 
I remember how Tulsi Gabbard took her apart several times hmm. in debates. She couldn't, Kamala couldn't, just couldn't, she lost her footing. She couldn't respond. And I would almost bet that Mike Pence's debate team has already pulled those videos hmm. and is putting him through paces the same way as Tulsi did. So um, I hope Mike gets back in, but um, that's how I feel. I'm glad that Gretchen is staying here. Hmm. I, I really am. I mean, we've got so many issues in the state. And um, if anybody read the Free Press article about, or was it Free Press? No, it might have been a national paper that talked about Michigan and broke down six areas of Michigan. We're a heck of a lot more Republican than I'm comfortable with. Mm. I mean, we Democrats have to fight for footing. And she and her team can do it. I wanted her to stay here. Yeah, Charlene, I, I appreciate the call uh, and and the thoughts there. Um, let's go to Charlie in Novi. Charlie, welcome to the show. You there, Charlie? Hey. Hey. Good go morning. How yeah. are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Yeah, so kind of a follow-up, I guess, to your previous caller. I wonder, you know, how big a part of the platform uh, law enforcement reform and prison reform might be, and I think having her as a candidate might you know, be a good strategy because she's got a lot of experience in that area. And I just wonder if that's going to be part of their approach. It seems like the time is right. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie, appreciate the call uh, and the comments. Matt Grossman, re- react to what our callers are, are saying there. Well, I think uh, it, it is uh, worth uh, raising, uh, again, uh, the how race and, and gender will affect um, uh, voters' perceptions. Uh, given uh, the historic uh, nomination. Um, and there is uh, evidence that in the last two elections, it has made uh, voters' racial and gender attitudes more important in who they select. Uh, that hasn't always um, meant a, uh, a negative uh, for uh, the, the Democrats um, because they, they do gain some uh, voters with uh, uh, more liberal attitudes on uh, racial and gender issues. Um, but it has made uh, them uh, more important, and so we'll have to see if the vice president is enough to do that. I think people may overestimate a little bit the effects of things like a debate performance. Um, most of the debate effects are, are temporary in presidential elections. Um, they go away within a, a couple weeks of the of the debate, and the vice presidential uh, debate is, is particularly unimportant um, historically <laughs> in changing voters' uh, perceptions. Yeah. Okay, Matt Grossman, Director of the Institute for Public Policy and Social Research at Michigan State University. Always great to catch up with you. Thanks very much for coming by. Thank you. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, Congresswoman Debbie Dingell is going to talk about her thoughts on Senator Kamala Harris on the Democratic ticket for the White House. We also want to continue to hear from you. Is this the right pick for the Democrats? Is this the thing that will unseat Donald Trump in November. If you wanted someone else, who is it and why? 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. News, music, culture, and community. Every day on 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station.
T. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, really glad that you have joined us. We're talking about Joe Biden's pick of Senator California Senator Kamala Harris to be his running mate in November, and we want to hear what you think about that pick. Whether you think this is the right choice for Joe Biden or the wrong choice, or if there was someone else that you were rooting for, tell us who it was and why. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter and put comments there, and we'll try to work them into the conversation. Joining us now to talk more about this choice is Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, a Democrat from Dearborn who represents Michigan's 12th Congressional District. Debbie, welcome back to the show. Good morning, Steve. It's always good to be with you. Always good to have you here. Let's start with this. What do you think of this pick? Look, I think that Joe Biden picked somebody he is comfortable with. They will be a very strong ticket. I think they're smart, strong, uh, but also empathetic, compassionate people that will bring this country together and try to heal our heart and our soul. Mm. Uh, what about Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who was rumored to be among the candidates, and she did take a trip to Delaware this past weekend, supposedly to talk to Joe Biden about this this opportunity. Uh, would she have been a better choice, given the importance, for instance, of Michigan uh, in November? This was one of the states, one of the three states that flipped last time and handed the presidency to Donald Trump, why why not put Gretchen Whitmer on the ticket? So I'm going to say several things. Uh, I think that as women, we should all be excited that there were so many talented, capable, strong, skilled women for that job that were on the final list. And I want to make it very clear that Gretchen Whitmer was on the shorter list. She was a strong, viable candidate for the job. She is national co-chair of this campaign. She is governor of the state of Michigan. She has done an incredible job of trying to keep the state together during one of the scariest times that we have seen. And she is a winner in all of this. The nation now knows what kind of governor we have. Mm. And I think the kind of shots that were taken at many of these women, Kamala included several weeks ago, by Chris Dodd and others, uh, are what happens when you see women uh, out there. You know, what man that wants to be president of the United States isn't ambitious? Mm. But suddenly, it's, you know, in a, in a woman, it's not a, a, a strong characteristic trait. Uh, I think I know every one of these women that were in the final list. They were all good friends. I've worked with all of them, spent a lot of personal time uh, with most of them. And I think the uh, they're all coming out of this as winners. A lot of people know some of them that didn't know some of them before. And the one thing that I have found very distasteful is the fact that women sometimes have to bring each other down instead of celebrating each other's success mm. and celebrating the fact that we have come so far and there were so many uh, very capable women in this final mix. Mm. But but the strategic question there is, is still significant, I think. Would you have picked up more in terms of this pick? Would you have done better in terms of shoring up a state like Michigan by picking 
Governor Whitmer or another governor from from the Midwest. I mean, these are some of the things that I think the candidates sit and think about when they're trying to to decide who to who to pick. Obviously, there was also a racial dimension to the considerations here. There's a lot of pressure on Joe Biden to pick a woman of color, uh, which which would have, uh, of course, eliminated uh, Governor Whitmer. But but talk about that strategy and and what. Michigan's role will will end up being uh, in this election in the fall. Michigan's role is going to be very important, and yeah. it's nothing that anybody can take for granted. Uh, Donald Trump is still going to play here hard. I do not believe the poll numbers. Uh, I think that Joe Biden is up right now, but I think it's going to be a long three months. We're seeing people, I quite frankly think that even this question to some extent is that people are, you're far from the first person that's asked me this question in the last 12 hours, is meant to divide and split people. Uh, the fact of the matter is we cannot take anything for granted. Uh, I do think that there was a very strong feeling on the part of many black women in this country that they wanted to see uh, a candidate. I knew them all. They're mm. all great and talented women. Mm. Detroit didn't show up four years ago. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this will help energize their vote. The Gretchen Whitmer is going to be a very strong part of uh, helping to turn out the vote. We've got strong women at the head of all of our state governments right now in Michigan. This isn't on one. Kamala is a, I mean, I, I have seen her in Many different settings. I posted a picture of her today when she was at a Dearborn school. And just when I watched her with those kids, she's a very real and human person. But one of the things we've got to get over is, and it's been quite frankly a factor my entire career, that if one woman does well, another woman doesn't. And quite frankly, the men have never had this problem. And we've got to support each other. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer, more people know how lucky we are to have such a good governor. People didn't know who Karen Bass was. They knew who Karen Bass is now. They didn't know Tammy Duckworth. You know a lot of women who are still contributing every single day to public policy and government and an important part of the direction of where this country is going to go. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Stephanie in Novi. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Uh-huh. Um, so I am a lifelong Democrat and liberal, but I feel like our nation is so broken right now. I was really, really hoping that Biden was going to shock everybody and pick somebody like Condoleezza Rice. Mm. Um, obviously, she is a woman of color. She has been in the forefront of American politics for a really long time. And I think that would have showed our nation that he really wanted to work across the aisle and I also think that it would have gotten some of Republicans to be more likely to vote for him. Huh. That is uh, that is a really interesting idea, Stephanie. And and you're not wrong that uh, that this is a time when I think everybody would like to see a little more bipartisanship than than we normally see. Uh, Debbie Dingell react to that to that suggestion that maybe it should have been a Republican. Well, I, I think first of all, I don't know if Condoleezza Rice would have wanted the job. But uh, I think I know Joe Biden. Uh, I think many of the listeners know that I've known him for a very long time. And he is somebody that does believe uh, in working across the aisle, in building that we're Americans first, not Republicans or Democrats. Uh, and I think, you know, many of the progressives 
did not complain as much as some people thought they might have yesterday. But commas worked, uh, uh, reached across the aisle, too. None of us is perfect. But you know what's great about this country? We have different life experiences, different perspectives. You bring that to this public policy arena, and we're stronger when we listen to each other civilly. So uh, I think you'll see Joe Biden working with a lot of Republicans. I'm, I would put money, though I've not had the discussion, so I don't know this for a fact. He will put a Republican in his administration because it's the kind of person that he is. Mm. Uh, again, Stephanie, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to John on the east side. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking my call. So I'm going to be selfish here. We want Gretchen right here to clean up after the mess of <laughs> Snyder. Uh, we you want didn't want to see her going to Washington, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think a lot of people, uh, there are a lot of people who are excited to keep Governor Whitmer, Governor Whitmer here in, in Michigan. Go ahead, John. Well, you know, it would be a great opportunity to have her as vice president. But again, I, I think we have to fix the the mess of the last uh, administration. So hmm. I, I like how she's uh, leading the state of Michigan, and I, I think this is where we like her. Hmm. All right, John, I appreciate the call uh, and the comments. Uh, Debbie, if Democrats do win in November, what kind of vice presidency would you see someone like Kamala Harris sort of craft for herself? What, what, what are the things that you think she might, she might focus on? I think Joe Biden is going to look for the kind of uh, relationship that he had with President Barack Obama in Kamala Harris. So you know, she's now she's on the uh, Judiciary Committee. She was an attorney general. Uh, in this country, I think you'll see her uh, work in sort of that portfolio of issues. I think race is going to be, a, you know, we're at this crossroads in our country right now where we're talking about systematic racism. Mm -hmm. But Kamala Bridges, um, some of that uh, in just her own life, period, in all aspects of it. So I think she will be a very critical partner in addressing these very complicated, complex issues. And uh, I think she'll do it with understanding, uh, from seeing it from many different perspectives, and trying to really have open issues that heal this country, not contribute to dividing it further. Hmm. Uh, there was another observation that that uh, that someone uh, made to me yesterday about this pick, and they said that if. Biden and Harris win in November, that would make Biden have, he will have been the f vice president for the first black president, and then he would be the president who chose the first black vice president. Uh, Joe Biden's been around a really long time, is a very familiar figure in, in Washington. I'm not sure that uh, that, that kind of historical significance, I think, is something that, that, that I would have necessarily guessed for him. Uh, not, that, not that he's not a progressive, not that he's not progressive on race, but that that kind of uh, significance, I don't know. I'm not sure I would have, I'm not sure I would have pegged him uh, for something like that. You need to be very careful to not do stereotypes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, Joe came up, uh, first of all, I'm, I guess I'm in a very testy mood. 
Uh, just because you're over 50 doesn't mean you're out to pasture. And a strong country means that our young people have a role and we're bringing the next generation along. But people, I mean, his wisdom, his experience sure. is very important. And quite frankly, it's something we need in this country right now. But I look back to John Dingle. People have no idea the critical role that John Dingle played in the civil rights movement. He knew what he lived what this country was going through in the 50s and 60s. It was he, not a black man, that introduced some of the first major pieces of civil rights legislation in the Congress. Joe Biden was at that time, too. He lived in communities where he saw that tension and he was sensitive to it. And I am not uh, a black person. I cannot imagine what it is like to be. I can... uh, black in America. But I've worked hard on those issues all of my life. And I know we've got to work to a time that, you know what, I really look forward to the day that we're on uh, having these kinds of conversations where we're just talking about people's straight qualifications, their perspectives, and that we stop talking about people's, the color of their skin, their religion, or we're just one. We're one family. John Lewis's you know, great dream was to have one American family. And I think Joe Biden's gone through those very tough times. He's seen the turbulence, and he has that vision as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Guy in Ar- Auburn Hills, you're up next. Thank you. Hi. Yes, hi. Um, I, I, I'm a little disappointed in the pick. Uh, I would have thought uh, someone with more progressive credentials could have been selected to unify the party. Um, I don't think Republicans are in the mood to be conciliatory and to negotiate. They have shown themselves to be very intransigent. I think uh, the pendulum has swung so far to the right over the past 20 years that it's time to recalibrate people's mindsets with Mm. what really it means to be uh, a fair and uh, and uh, and you think you know, socially conscious country and gee you would have you would have had a more progressive pick to do oh, that. absolutely yeah uh, gee i i don't mean to cut you off but uh, we're going to run out of time and i want to give debbie dingle a chance to to respond we've got about 30 seconds debbie i think that you we're going to have some first of all i think that there are some far right uh, people that aren't coming back, but there are a lot of very moderate Republicans who have made it very clear that they are very uncomfortable the direction that this country is taking and that they are going to want to come to the table. And I think we all, progressives, uh, we got to come together as Americans. Mm. And I think you will be surprised at many of Joe Biden's policies uh, as we go forward. Yeah. Okay, Debbie Dingle, always great to catch up with you. Thanks for coming by. Thank you. That is going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow when we're going to continue our weekly WDET Book Club conversations. Tomorrow we'll talk with Harriet Washington, the author of A Terrible Thing to Waste about environmental racism. Plus, journalist Anna Clark joins the program to talk about a new piece she has written about the role of diversity in environmental organizations and why many groups are coming up short. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.